Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey everybody, this week's episode of the R&R Show is brought to you by Sagrada Artisans. And hello, Ruel, how are you doing? Hello, I was mesmerized by that opening. Wow, what a cool animated intro, I love it. Oh, it's cool, all right, the animated intro, but nowhere near as cool as this box. Look Look how shiny Ruel Look. Nice. Oh, it's I my precious. It. Jen and I have actually already finished the whole thing. And in fact, uh, just this morning, I put a runter up because it just went live on Kickstarter and it's sponsoring the show. And I thought before we get to what we're here to do today, top 10 rolling rights, how about we do a little bit of an unboxing? Never done an yeah. unboxing on the R&R show, I don't think. I don't think so. Yeah, this is the first time for first time for it, and what better time than the fiftieth uh, show that we've done about? together? Yes. Yeah. Let's try something new. Let's do an unboxing. Right. Admittedly, an unboxing of a box I've already unboxed earlier, <laughs> but still, you folks can pretend. I've actually reset this so it was like it's in the same situation as when I first got it. Let me check the cool. overhead camera, and there we go. Yep. Yep. So, um, Sagrada Familia is a legacy game uh, from of dice drafting and window coloring by Daryl Andrews and Adrian Adamescu. And um, if you look, you can see the cool reflective mirror-like surface so there. Cool. But yes. here is the deal, Ooh. folks. A Sagrada which has traditionally been a dice-drafting game, is now a roll-and-write. Everybody, as part of Setup, gets one of their own personal journals. Uh, Each page in this journal is a new window that you will um, color in using regular Sagrada rules. Now... Jen, I've already finished the game, but I can still show it. Well, I'll come back to it in a second. Let's continue with the unboxing, right? Because we're unboxing stuff here. Right, right, right. Yeah. So here is the cathedral board where um, every round, you know, in regular Sagrada, you just roll the dice, you put them in a pile, people grab them. Now you put them on this cathedral board in the individual spots. And this is a huge change because say you rolled two green fives, you can only put one in each spot. So there's a much more even distribution of dice results, both because you use this board, which if you look closely, you'll notice dotted lines and little uh, letters. If you know legacy games, you know what that means, folks. Uh, There's a rule book that I cannot show you because this is full from stem to stern with stickers that have been put in. So I don't want to spoil anything. This is the only... uh, It's only the front page that doesn't change. So we'll just skip the rule book. But you open it up and here's what we get. First of all, a whole bunch of envelopes. Open when instructed. Open when instructed. The first time a player comes in last place a second time. Hey, chances are they need a little bit of help. Open when instructed, etc., etc. It has a whole bunch of secrets waiting for you to crack these wax seals based on certain things. We've got a box full of very colorful pencils uh, oh. because we are playing. I think, well, this is the first legacy roll and write in the industry. And nice. um, you can watch my run through to see how it works. I have to admit, when I started my run through, I was, I was kind of afraid I would make a mistake. And I actually used proxy dice from regular Sagrada. But you get to the extended and I busted out the pencils and did some coloring. What else nice. do you get? 
You get a bag of dice, but unlike regular Sagrada, where it comes with 50 bajillion little tiny dice, we just get 10 normal dice. There's only two of each color. And so what that means is every round, uh, depending on the player count, uh, you know, it's five or seven dice or nine dice that come out. And what that means is you're never going to get a situation like regular Sagrada where, my God, I've been waiting half the game for a three. But it's just nothing but high numbers because, um, you know, or I've been waiting for a yellow. No yellows come out because there's because purples keep coming out because of this system with the uh, with the with the limited number of dice and this. You get a much more even distribution. Honestly, it would be hard for me to go back to play regular Sagrada rules where it can be so much more swingy. But with this system, I think it's a big improvement. What else do we get? We get some mysterious empty boxes. And if you want to know what these boxes are about, you can go watch my run-through all the way to the end. Because when I get to the end of the run-through, I start unlocking features. There's also this big mysterious box, which is also mysteriously empty. Uh, but it'll get filled up as you go. Here's some little tiny boxes. Can you hear it? Uh-huh. There's yeah. some fun stuff in those waiting to be opened. Here is the pencil um, sharpener, which is the first <laughs> player marker. And it works nice. really nicely. And believe me, you use it a lot because these pencils, they go dull very quickly because we're using them so much. Um, let's see. And then most importantly for any legacy game, we've got the story deck. Start here and read the uh, the first intro. You're introduced to what's going on. This is a multi-generational story where we will make... Uh, what is it? I forget now. Like a dozen different windows? I forget exact number. I mean, you can go check out the Kickstarter page. But um, every round, there are going to be new rules, new windows, and that means we come back to this. Now, when you first open your book, you actually get the opportunity to name your family that's going to play through generations. You keep track of all the... Oh, it's 10. It's 10 windows that you'll do. You also have a secret here. What's under this? Ooh. I'm not going to tell you. You have to watch the run-through. You get introduced to uh, Antoni Gaudi himself, the uh, genius behind the Sagrada Familia, and you go directly into our first one. Now, this is one I've already finished. I think this is one of the ones I did for my run-through. And as you can see, you are using these pencils to color areas in. And so what's interesting about this game, Ruel, is it's the first legacy roll-and-write adult coloring book. Because... Yes. As when we were playing it. this game, when Jen was waiting for me to take a turn, she would always be, oh, I'm just going to paint in some of these side things. Not because I have oh. to, but just because. Uh, oh, you can see goodness. her books are all colored all the way through. And the fact that you can't fix your mistakes. Once you make a mistake, hey, you just got to exit out. You can't just pick the die up and put a different die down. Because once you've yeah. written, it's over. And so wow. there is so much more at stake with every decision you make than there ever was in regular Sagrada. I got to say, a, a legacy roll and write is fantastic. And it is on Kickstarter right now. And uh, I've done a full run-through of the first chapter. I've If you watch all the way through, I give a spoiler warning, and then I unlock a few little things here and there. And I talk about um, how they make the game replayable. And you, so you can keep... After the campaign is over, you can keep playing with uh, very, very nice uh, features that you can read about on the uh, page. And that's it. We are sponsored wow. by Sagrada Familia. This is easily going to be one of my gen, my wife Jen's top fa- 10 favorite experiences she had this year because it's just a phenomenal design. It takes Sagrada to such new, never-before-seen heights. So much creativity. I was blown away by it. And um, it is a roll and write. It would totally make this list, but it hasn't come out yet. So we're going to talk about our top 10 roll and writes that are not 
Sagrada artisans today. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Wow. I you, you've totally sold me on this. Like I'd heard a little bit about this before, but uh, you breaking it down like this, you had me at a um, legacy rolling right and coloring book. Yes. Michelle and I, we love. There's a game called Color It by uh, from Haba. It's just a wonderful little roll and color game for you know kids and families. But this is more my jam. And Michelle and I love Sagrada. We love coloring, so we're gonna love this. I, I cannot wait to play. It looks fantastic. Well, cool. Well, you know, so I know you're excited about it. I imagine the audience is excited about it. And one lucky audience member can win a copy of this. Ruel, how do they win? Folks, you're going to be able to win your very own copy by watching the show and listening for the secret word. This episode, number 50, the yes. uh, secret word is crutches, mm-hmm. like what you use to walk around when your foot hurt is hurt. Uh, <laughs> why did we pick uh, crutches? Watch the extended uh, edition of the yes. show, and you'll find out exactly why we're using crutches. So It is a, pers- it has a personal crutches. meaning for both of us. <laughs> yeah, it does, yeah, for both of us. A very special meaning, uh, yeah. unfortunately. The show but, isn't uh, the only one that turned 50 recently. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, crutches. One of us is going to say it. And what you're going to do is in, uh, type uh, the name of the game that we're talking about that moment and send it to, uh, in an email to contest at rotom.com, um, the, word of the, the name of the game that we're talking about when we say crutches, and you'll be entered to win your very own copy of Sagrada Artisans. All right. Well, there you go, folks. Right. Uh, there's the information on the screen, and you'll have to listen closely. You don't know who's going to say it, but when you hear crutches... Make note. All right. And um, otherwise, Rule, I think we're ready to go with our top 10 rolling rights. Although, that deserves a bit of explanation too, right? It does. Yeah. So, we had talked about this before we, you know, got together for the show. Like, how are we going to define rolling rights? I mean, do we need to actually have the dice in it? And, you know, like, we're talking Yahtzee. Yahtzee, to me, is like, that's the OG rolling right. I mean, it's the one, the standard bearer. That's the one that launched this uh, genre. But, you know... It's it's evolved over the years, yeah. right? So now you have flip and fills, right? You have you know cards that you flip over. Do we include those? And what we decided is like yes. yes. You know, the 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 spirit of the mechanism rolling right is apparent in all the games we chose, and all the games a bunch of games that we didn't choose as well. So that's what we're including, folks. We're including the the entire genre of rolling right, flip and fill, and whatnot. Okay. All right. Well then. Um, I think we are going to be ready to go with the top 10. Okay. And okay. I've got the list set up, I think. Right? Okay. And you've got yours ready to go. Yep. So, okay. well. Oh, folks. Um, the guy who helps Ruel and I put our list together, he just played a little bit of a 50th anniversary practical joke. We just got Rick Rollin written. Um, because he actually sends all of the links to us, and I was just getting ready to load up Ruel's uh, first one, and it was Rick Astley, and uh, we all had a little bit of a laugh. We all cursed our friend who put this together for us, but now we're here to really get to work. I'm sorry, Ruel. Would you like to try again? What is our number 10 roll and write game? <laughs> our, yeah, we, we are Rick rolled and write. Well done, sir. Well played. Let's move on to our number 10. Um, this is going to be, hopefully it's not Rick Astley uh, when I press this little button here. Our number 10, top 10 roll and writes is okay. Railroad Inc. 
a wonderful game. I really enjoyed this one. It's a smaller box game, but don't let that small box fool you, folks. There's a lot of game in this. It's a terrific puzzle, and what you're doing is rolling dice. You're trying to build a network of railroad tracks and a network of highways, and every round you're going to roll four dice, and every player at the same time is going to use those dice to lay down those tracks in their little erasable scoreboard there. You do this over seven rounds, and then you're going to connect. You're going to count up all the connections you've made. The more you've made, the more points you score. Any incomplete uh, railways or roads are going to lose points. And there's also special bonuses as well for uh, finishing uh, things in the middle of the scoreboard and whatnot. I love this game. I love how easy it is to teach, and it's a, uh, you can solo it as well. Uh, you do have some ways to mitigate those dice. There are special... Um, uh, symbols there that you can use instead of the dice. You can use one per round up to three, I think, during the game. And there are many expansions. You uh, yes. In the red edition, which I have, there's a lava um, uh, expansion and also a meteor expansion that changes things up just enough to give it a little more replayability. I, Michelle and I and all my friends, we've always enjoyed Railroad Dink. I remember the first time I played it, in fact, at my friendly local gaming store. I played one game. I was like, yep, I'm buying the next one off the shelf. And yeah. we, we uh, like, I think there was like two or three of us that bought games that day. So yeah. it's a wonderful game. It's a great roll and write. And that's why it's our number 10, Railroad Dink. An Inc. excellent choice. Although, did I hear you correctly? You only own the red edition? Yeah, and oh I know there's gosh. all these other colors that I need to get. The blue, the yellow, the green, all this stuff, right? Yeah, the blue, the yellow, green, and red. Um, yeah. I was going to ask you, what was your favorite? I guess your favorite is red. Is and red, you know what? To yeah. be fair, red, I would say, is the second best. But for my money, yellow is the best. That's what uh, I hear. That's yeah. What what about the yellow? That is it. That makes it uh, your favorite. Oh man! Well, the, the the green and the yellow both get much more complex. Red and blue, the first two that came out, are much more gateway. They're much easier to yes. teach. But the red and the, the the yellow and the green, they both added new mechanisms. That the core game still works the same, but it gets so much more complex. And mm-hmm. of the two, the green was the more complex, whereas yellow was kind of somewhere in between the two. So that's kind of why it hit the sweet spot for us. Um, nice. Plus, the art you do is a little bit easier, doing Desert Dunes and some of the other things you have to draw in this game <laughs> when it falls <laughs> right, right down right. to it. Uh, but they're all fantastic. An excellent yeah. game. Uh, a very good and worthy start. Uh, number 10, uh, Railroad Inc. But you know what's even better, Ruel? Uh Number 9, Avenue. Ooh. Which is fantastic. Oh my gosh, look at this video from 2016. A very young Rado and Jen playing live with the audience um, and having a great time. Now, this is going to be our first one that officially is not a roll and write. It is a flip and fill because what happens is every round a new card gets revealed and bingo style, everybody has to draw a new road. Hey, it's another route builder, much like our previous one, Rainbow, but we're being driven not by dice, but by cards. And we are trying to connect all these different uh, hotspots in our fantasy kingdom to score lots of points with long roads, taking big gambles, hoping we'll be able to get um, you know the right stuff connected, never being quite sure we'll pull it out and um, what really makes this game so brilliant is its scoring system because every once in a while you have uh, scoring and once you have scored, once you once you once you have scored a certain level, like say your first one, hey, I scored six points on my C road or something like that. For the rest of the game, the f- future scorings, you have to score higher than six. If you scroll, if you scroll less, you get nothing. So you have this really mm-hmm. tough thing of there's this pressure of okay, well, the last time I scored sixteen, I don't think I can score seventeen with these other ones. I should not have scored that sixteen halfway through the game. I should have waited. This brilliant level of tension 
tension for the five rounds where you're trying to slowly work your way up is so fresh. And then the gameplay itself is fantastic too. Now there's the original Avenue version, but then it got reprinted as um, Avenue of the Kodamas, which was basically a 2.0 that added a, 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 a completely different theme that is very warm and charming and some extra stuff. I've still got Avenue. I want to get um, Avenue or you know Avenue of the Kodamas or the Kokoro. Uh, because, but either yeah. way, it's a brilliant game. I played this two-player with my wife. I played this. It's a bingo-style game, so in big groups of six or seven people at a restaurant, it just works. And again, that brilliant tension of trying to score but not score too much because you'll hurt yourself later if you're not careful is absolutely wonderful, which is why Avenue comes in at number nine. You know, it's funny. I didn't know that um, Avenue of the Kodoras was the remake of Avenue. Because I was I was listening to you describe yeah. it. It's like, I've never played Avenue. I was like, this seems sort of familiar. Yes, Avenue of the Kodora. It, it was uh, said in that... Or is it Kodama? Um, it's Kodama, uh, Kodama uh, Kodora. Or it's the, Koko, the oh, it's Kokoro or Kokoru, Avenue of the Kodamas, yeah, I think. word that you said. Not Kodora, but Kamor. No. Uh, Kodama. It's that world. Yeah, that world, which is uh, illustrated by Quan Chai Moria. Yes. Right? So it's got the beautiful art and... I've played that one. Yeah, I love that tension you're talking about. You know, do you want to score, but you don't want to score too much. And to me, it's very Keynesian. Yes. In and yeah, right? Yeah, very I agree. much. Our, one of my favorite designers mm-hmm. always does that. You want to score, but you got to be careful, you know? Yeah. So, oh, great choice. Nice, nice, nice. All right. This this office, this list is off to a great start, yes. folks. Let's move on to our number eight. Uh, this one is a game that I know we both enjoyed a lot. And actually, we did a run through of it together. It is our number eight. Rolling Realms from Stonemaier Games. Yes, and it is. Stegmeier, um, he designed this game during the pandemic, folks. Um, he wanted a, a way to, you know, uh, play games with uh, uh, the audience, and this one is bingo style, and it is very much. Uh, I look at this game as very influenced by Gonshan Clever, right? Very combo rific. You're going to be, uh, you know, like other bingo style games. You roll dice, and everyone's going to use those dice to fill in their score sheets. You have nine different mini games you pick three of them for each round and you're going to play those um you know i think it's like six rolls or whatever it is for for the round and you're going to score them what it is you're basically collecting resources and trying to use those resources the most efficient way to duplicate dice to mitigate dice to change them to get bonus numbers because you want to fill those up to get those ever elusive victory point stars which yes. are a very stonemeyer thing you want all those stars and it's really interesting, too, because at the end of the game, you're going to have a decimal point almost all the time in your score because you get decimal points for the extra resources at the end of the game. Um, we played this live together with the audience. I love this game. Uh, it started off as a, a print and play that yeah. Jamie had done during the pandemic, and I enjoyed that. It was, I think it was called Nine Realms originally, and then... He had such a great response to it. He said, hey, I'm going to make a physical version, and this is what it is, Rolling Realms. Uh, it's a wonderful game. It's That's why it's our number eight. And check out those dice. Those dice, the <laughs> camera does not do it justice. Those dice are humongous. They are They're awesome ginormous. Dice. Yes. Yeah, you can literally hurt someone with those dice, folks. So be careful when you get this copy. Uh, this game is our number eight, Rolling yep. Realms. And one more thing to bear in mind about it, too. He hasn't stopped developing. Every that's month, right. it seems yeah. like... Uh, they are putting out more new realms that people can print out. Uh, or no, or no. I think they're actually selling as like add-on packs based yes. on games from um, you know from other publishers. Some of the you know, there's an Agricola one. There's I mean there's all I, I saw, that's very very cool. The game continues to grow. Plus, end users are making new ones as well. I mean, mm-hmm. if you only own one roll and write, it makes sense to make it Rolling Realms because right out the yeah. gate it comes with nine roll and writes built into one. Yeah, and then it just yeah, keeps expanding. 
it, it's really neat how he's done each one to a Stonemaier title. And it's it's somewhat thematic. Like you're you're actually, you know, doing like viticulture and um, scythe and all that stuff. And they do have sort of lined up. I mean, it, it is still a road ride at its heart. But, you know, like with the, the castles ones, castles of, uh, um, of what was the castle? Uh, Mad King Ludwig. Mad, oh, I'm sorry? Mad King Ludwig. Mad King Ludwig. Like, the, they're, like when you see the sheet, it's like little, they look like little castles and you fill in the numbers. Uh, it's, it's a wonderful game. And as you said, there are still new um, uh, mini games coming yes, out based on yeah. other titles. I, Actually, I my that. only problem with it is, they, I mean, it's on my list too, but uh, quite a bit higher, is, yeah. I mean, I, it's brilliant. I love how it comes together, but it's just a little too abstract for me. All the yeah. ones I'm talking about today, they really try their best to bring the theme into the Roll and Write, and Rolling Realms really That's doesn't. True. But if you don't mind you that, it. it's brilliant, an absolute must-have, and a very worthy number eight. All Not right. as worthy cool. as number seven, which I tend right. to think of as feeling very thematic, and I know you love it too, Ruel. Uh, number seven is On Tour. Yes. 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 And yes. here you and I are playing um, together. Uh, this is the uh, newer version on tour, the Paris map, if I recall correctly. That's uh, yeah, right. there's been an on tour US <clears throat> and on tour Europe, uh, Paris, and what is the other one? London, I think. Or no, New York, New York. And uh, so it keeps expanding. But the core game has always been so wonderfully done. Every round, there are three cards out that tell you the different districts on the map that you can write numbers onto, uh, you know, these different uh, venues. Because in this game, we are the manager of a band trying to figure out the perfect tour line for everybody. And so every round, there's different places we can book for for our gigs. And we roll dice that tell us what numbers we can put in. And, um, you know, the two dice we roll, uh, like if you rolled a one and an eight, that means you're going to put an 18 somewhere and you're going to put an 81 somewhere too. And at first, you just have a map full of possibilities as you're trying to very much long-term think about, right, okay, if I put an 18 over here and I got to put an 81 over here, I know those are probably going to be at the far ends of my ultimate tour. And so I'm every step of the way, you're doing short-term, immediate, tactical responses to what you get, but always with long-term planning in mind. This brilliant mix of tactics and strategy driven by the dice is just wonderful. It's easy to teach. It's incredibly tension-filled. And to me, again, it does feel like, why can't I book anything in the Bronx? If you're playing the... I need to book something there, but there's no no openings. And instead, I keep on booking these other things. Okay, all right, that's fine. We can reroute over through Brooklyn. It'll be fine. Uh, Just absolutely phenomenal game. For the longest time, this was my number one uh, roll and ride of all time. There have been a few that eclipsed it, but it still rates very, very high for me on tour. Any version of it you can get. Yeah. So, oh, it's such a good game. And like you said, it is tension filled. Like every single dice roll. I love the fact that they don't have anything to mitigate the dice. You know, normally people say we need dice mitigation. No, you don't. You can make a great game without all the other factors. Just there's your dice. There's your numbers. Go work with it. And I love that about this game. And that's why it's been a perennial favorite uh, in my household as well. All right. Great choice for number seven, but let's move on to number six. This one keeps climbing up the rankings in my personal rankings. Uh, It is a newer Roll and Write from a stellar design duo, Three Sisters, from Matt Riddle and Ben Pitchback. Uh, You may know them from games like Stellar, Fleet the Dice Game, and this one... It's the crunchiest roll and write that I like right uh, as of today. It is okay. wonderfully crunchy. Um, it's got a, it mixes a rondelle with the roll and write. As you see there, the two sheets you're going to have that you're scoring. Um, basically, it's based on 
this uh, uh, um, not classic, uh, this very well-known indigenous agricultural technique where pumpkins, corn, and beans are grown together. Right. So uh, uh, the corn provides like a lattice or like crutches for the beans to climb. Uh, the beans bring nitrogen from the air for the soil, and the squash provides natural mulch. I love the fact that those all those um, um, veggies are working together, and it sort of ties in a theme because you need to work, make sure all these <laughs> dice work together properly because you want to be able to combo everything. You're, you have all kinds of different choices here. Um, you have, you know, you can go to the av- uh, apiary, you can go to the orchard, you can compost, go to the farmer's market, you can go to the shed, which gives you, you know, tools and special abilities. And this is the only roll and write that I know of that on the score sheet actually includes like a notes section because yes. you will need that, folks. I guarantee you need it. My games, every single game I've played, I've had to write down, oh, shoot, I got to remember, I got to combo this or I have this to use or this to fill. Oh, my gosh. It, it's a, such a nice little brain burner that plays in about 45 minutes. And I absolutely love it. It's Every time I play it, it keeps going higher and higher. It may eventually reach my number one, folks. I'll tell you that right now. The only thing holding it back right now, it's a little mm-hmm. nitpick for me. It's the size of the sheets. For someone with vision issues, especially Ooh. colorblind issues, it's not that friendly. And okay. Now, if I could blow these up into like 8.5 by 11, maybe I can. I should do that in order to be able to see everything. But there is that little issue. So that's one thing to keep in mind. But you know what? The game is so awesome that I would recommend just getting it anyway. So that's why it's our number six. Three Sisters. A good one. You're right. I mean, if you look over there, while I was filming this run-through, I was having to make notes to myself to keep track of what was happening. This game. Yeah, I, yeah it's it's. you're right. It's the first roll and write that is so combinatorially interconnected. It was, sometimes you can have turns where, oh yeah, I'm going to take like seven, eight, nine, ten extra bonus things and I need to yep. keep track of it all because it just explodes in combinatorial goodness. Really, really sharp design. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Number a, a good choice, a good choice. For my uh, wife, it was almost too far. She's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 mean, can, I can see that for I some can people. Definitely see that. Yeah. yeah, I can definitely see that. It's it's it, again, it's not going to be for everyone. Uh, you have to know what you're getting into. I mean, again, it has a note section. If you're not, if that scares you <laughs> yeah, off, then exactly. You know, you know, you know what I mean. So, but a wonderful choice, uh, anyways. I I love the game, and uh, but let's see what's our number five. Okay, well, our number five, I'm willing to bet, is probably going to be our most least known, or our, our just our most least, just our least known on the okay. list. You probably haven't played it. I'll be very impressed if you have, or if anybody in the Comment if you have played number five, Pandoria Merchants. Oh, I know of this one, but Mm. I have not played it. Yes. Mm. Okay. Okay. So here's the thing. This is a roll and write 4X game without the fourth X. You expand, you explore, and you exploit, but you do not exterminate. And I love it for that. Uh, This is... And also... For my money, having played almost every roll and write, uh, you know, or every major roll and write that has come out for the last three or four years, this one I would say is the heaviest one on the market. Uh, more so than Roman Roll. I haven't played Twilight Inscription yet, but I'd be willing to bet this is heavier than Twilight Inscription. Uh, because every round, uh, or, or I should say, when it's your turn, you roll two dice, and you put them together, they become effectively a domino that you are going to use to expand your dominion over a shared uh, map that everybody is trying to grab territory on. And you claim spaces, uh, and you're trying to get a whole bunch of the same type of symbols next to each other, but throughout 
out. Uh, you, you, this is another two-sheet roll and write um, where there is also, uh, each player has a, it's literally a deck of cards. And what you can do is you can spend resources to unlock these cards to give you different powers and whatnot. This is a roll and write where there's so much going on, it actually comes with colored cubes to keep track of resources because you could not keep track of how much stuff is going on in this game. And I love it to pieces. It's rich, it's crunchy, it's a 4X game without the extermination, always something I appreciate. Uh, it plays really fast. It has a really cool solo mode where it turns it into kind of like, uh, you know, almost kind of like a campaign puzzly type game too. So Ooh. I love everything about it. And it, I'm always, um, you know, shouting its praises from the mountaintop because I don't think many people have heard of it. But if folks, if you are looking for an incredibly heavy and an incredibly interactive without getting nasty with each other um, game, then you might want to check out Pandoria Merchants. Yeah, I think we've talked about this before. I, I think know so. Iron Games. Yeah, we, we've talked about Iron Games. There's some of their. Uh, uh, this was based on the Pandoria game that he had released before. That's right? correct. Bernard, yes. I believe, is his name. Um, yeah, Burned I'm Eisenstein. dying yep. to. Yeah, I'm dying to try this one. I'm, I'm glad it made the list. It's good to good to see something that super crunchy on, on our list. Very okay. Very. Uh, now our number four. Let's move on. Let me. Um, oh shoot, where is this thing? Come on. You okay. can do it, our bro. Number four. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Yeah, we can do it. Um, this is also a crunchy roll and write, but this one, oh my gosh, it's all about the theme. And I, I actually played this on my channel uh, before, um, a, a solo game of it on my um, channel, Dinosaur Rar and Write. And actually, it should be Dinosaur Island. Let me uh, update that. I don't know why. Oh my gosh. Okay, technical stuff. That's, that's, always <laughs> that's fun. fine. That's fine. Dinosaur Island Rar and Write. So if you knew the game Dinosaur Island, this is basically the same game converted into roll and write. Yeah. And I think it exceeds the original. I'll tell you why. It exceeds it. For, for first of all, if you're not familiar, it's basically Jurassic Park, the board game. Mm -hmm. You're building, you know, you're extracting DNA, building dinosaurs, and then eventually opening up an amusement park. Because, of course, what could go wrong with an amusement park full of dinosaurs, folks? Nothing, right? <laughs> well, you're going to find out by playing this game. The original Dinosaur Island. The reason why I think this exceeds it is raw and right. All you need is the sheets, some cards, and you have your dice. The original, if you've played it, it's a lot. It's a lot to set up, mm -hmm. a lot to tear down, and that was always a negative to me. Then I played raw and right. I got rid of my original copy of Dinosaur Island, folks. I honestly, I moved it along to the, you know, it wasn't for me anymore. Raw and right is definitely for me. You are, just like I said, you are building your dinosaurs by getting all that DNA together. You're going to eventually uh, put that on your score sheet. And what it is, it adds a nice spatial element as well because you're drawing these polyomino shapes on your scoreboard, uh, yep. score sheet, but you have to do it in a certain way where, you know, you have to have roads that connect to each other. You can't have certain things close to each other. And with the dice, placement is so cool you roll dice two of them are going to be resources the two of them you can use to place for your actions so it's got a little dice placement to it it's got resource management and of course you're always not you're not always going to want to do certain things but you have to and i love that you have specialists that have uh, abilities you have end game goals that score uh, different amounts of victory points depending on what you're doing 
And best of all, its solo is so fantastic. Really? It's got a, yeah, it's got a real little AI that's super easy to manage. It's basically blocking some spots for okay. you, but you can always like pay extra to do, do those actions. Oh, Richard, I love, love, love Dinosaur Island Raw, right? It, I played it once. It immediately shot up in my top five of all time. And again, it's climbed up and up. That's why it's our number four here on our list. Of top, top five rolling rights right or just top five games, period? Uh, rolling rights. Okay. Rolling okay. Rights. Yeah. It's. I mean, it's great, but I don't know if it's top five. Period. But yeah, anyways, a, it's our number words. four. Yeah, it's our number four. Dinosaur Island. And I'm very happy right. it's here. I just finished talking about how Pandoria Merchants is probably the heaviest rolling right I've played. This is number two. Because nice. here's the thing. Like you said, yeah. this is actually basically like you know there are a lot of games like oh there's a successful Euro style board game. Let's uh, turn it into the dice game, and inevitably yep. that always means okay, well you just keep the flavor of it, but you strip a lot of stuff out. Not this game. Yes. This yes. game is huge. They didn't compromise anything. It's still a drafting game. It's still a worker placement game. It is still a polyomino tile laying game, and it's all driven by roll and write. And like yeah. I said, they didn't scra- uh, you know, sacrifice anything. It's big. It's huge. I love the... Uh, the extra trick where, oh, the polyomino tile lane, you can't put them next to each other because you don't yeah. want dinosaurs to eat each other, so it's nice right. and thematically grounded. Really, really. This made my short list. I can see why I'm nice. not talking about because you like it even more than me, but I think I it's amazing. An excellent choice, sir. Thank you. Yeah. All right. But All we've right. got three more to go. Let's see what our number three is. Well, I've got one even better. Oh, uh, we were talking about how great it is that there's all that replayability earlier with Rolling Realms and, you know, there's so much variety baked in. I've got one with even more. Number three on the list is Welcome to the Moon. Nice. Welcome to the Moon. <laughs> Welcome to is great. I don't think Welcome 2 would have made it into my um, top 10. Uh, But Welcome to the Moon is uh, easily in my top 100 games of all time. It is absolutely fantastic. It takes the same flip-and-fill gameplay of the original Welcome 2, which was a game where we were trying our best to lay out French suburbs, and instead we are now playing through multiple different maps. The game, I forget, I think it it, comes with seven different maps? If I recall correctly, if you play through the entire campaign, it might even have been more. And each one still has the same core gameplay of of, uh, entwined drafting of every round picking which uh, cards that have come up, which pair of cards, a number and a symbol, are you going to pick? And that is going to let you fill in things in every mission is different. Um, Whether you're loading up the uh, rocket ship to fly to the moon, whether you are building the, the moon base on Mars, whether you're fighting a viral outbreak on the surface of the planet, I mean, all all these things that you are having to do, and if all that weren't enough, it actually comes with a choose-your-own-adventure branching storyline narrative you can play through as well. And it has all kinds of unlocks. I mean, it just has so much content. And honestly, almost any one of the maps that comes with this game could it was good enough to stand on its own to be a full-release game. But no, this game says, hold my pen, and just comes with a ton of stuff, and it's absolutely mind-boggling just how far this game pushes the genre. I was floored. Um, the, well, actually, I shouldn't say. Uh, as a warning, I wasn't floored the first time I played because the first mission you play has a couple of mistaken or misworded things in the rulebook that all I can say is, folks, read the FAQ because you'll get... Uh, you, the, the first mission will seem like, oh, it's broken. Oh, there's just like they worded something wrong. But once I got to the second mission and I got past that first misstep... And everybody I was playing with at the uh, Dice Tower West convention, 
all nice. our heads blew up. We were all fans of Welcome to, and we had no idea what this game had in store for us. And it just keeps on introducing more and more amazing stuff. Kimberly Tolson, another contributor to the Rado channel, Tabletop Tolson, she recently did a video where she ranked all the maps and talks about all of them. So if you want a full understanding of everything this game does, go check out her excellent video. I cannot recommend enough our number three, Welcome to the Moon. Yeah, I'm glad this, I, I figured this would be on the list. Yeah. I know how much of a fan you are. And, you know, Welcome To is such a, it was such a game changer when I counted a few years ago. But I know that this is the one that people are, like, really gravitated towards. Um, I have not, unfortunately, been able to play it yet. I missed my chance with you at Dice Tower West. <laughs> but I will, I will be playing it soon enough. I, I know I will. I, I love You will Welcome not regret it. Series. You will love it. Yeah. Absolutely cannot wait. Okay, let's. We got two more folks. Let's move on. My number two, our number two, this is my personal favorite. Now, I'm taking a step back a little bit because this one's been my number one for a while. But Cartographers, this is a fantastic roll mm-hmm. and write. Now, it's not quite as crunchy as the last two that I've talked about, <laughs> but there's something to be said for that. I think this has been so influential in gameplay as far as polyominoes, uh, putting polyominoes onto a score sheet. You know, I think immediately of like, you know, uh, Phil Walker Harding's Silver and Gold. It's yep. got a similar uh, aspects a little. Uh, but th- what this does, it's in the role player world. So, you know, you have role player, you have lockup. That wonderful world that Thunderworks Games has put together, this is set in it. And what really sets this game apart, I think, is the fact that you're scoring multiple things every round. And I love the fact that you can sort of plan ahead, but you're still focused on what you have here. So in this case, like the spring season, you have A and B. Then the summer, you go B and C. And then it comes back to A and C and so forth. Yeah, I love that. And what it is, it's a flip and fill. So you're uh, doing the uh, pulling cards for each season. And each one has a number. So when you hit a th- certain threshold, that's the end of the season. So you never know exactly how long the season is going to go. And I love that tension because towards the end, you're like, please don't have a big number. Please don't do a big number. And sure enough, the season's <laughs> over. Like, darn it, I wasn't able to finish. And the thing I really enjoy about this, not this isn't for everyone now, but I love the player interaction. The way the player interaction works here is interesting, where it's almost like it's a take that, basically. Yes, it a is. A monster comes out, and you pass your sheet to the left or right, and your opponents will put a monster, usually smack dab in the w- middle of where you want to yep. you know, place your, your terrain or whatever, and that messes you up because you're going to lose points for monsters. Now, you can uh, you know, eventually surround them and then you know, take those minus points off. But it's a nice little, I think it's a nice little touch to it where it's an added it's a little challenge. Touch. I'll agree with yeah, that. It, yeah, it's not a little touch. It's a big <laughs> touch. So it's a take that thing, but it does add to the challenge of this yeah, puzzle. Definitely. And that's what it is. I remember the first time I played it, it was at my local, local uh, strategic con with uh, friends, a local convention in LA. And my mind was blown. And I really, I love the fact that it was really easy to get into. But as you're playing, it's like, oh, this is not as easy as it seems. And I've, Always enjoyed it. There are many expansions too that give you like special yeah. abilities. You can see there in the video. Um, it's it's a perennial favorite. I love it so much. Michelle and I are big fans. That's why it's our number two, folks. Cartographers. I can't fault you for putting that one on the list. It is brilliant. And as yeah. much as I dislike the fact that hey, every once in a while, why don't you hand me your piece of paper? Right. Yeah. Okay, that's cool. How about I put this in the worst possible place to screw you up the absolute <laughs> right. worst? Yep. Here you go. You enjoy. <laughs> It's, yeah. But it, that is a brilliant thing because they could have had some system where, oh, things just get put down randomly, but then yeah. pr- chances are somebody would randomly be hurt uh, more than another player. And so yeah. what better way than to bring in the actual players? It's certainly interactive. And if you don't yeah. mind every once in a while just getting to put the ultimate monkey in the wrench of your <laughs> opponents, then it, it is brilliant. Plus, it yeah. is really fun to be able to draw because it, it encourages, yeah. hey, when you put a village down, 
actually draw the little houses. You don't have to. Yeah. You could just do a letter, but it's it's it is very nice. And so yeah. I appreciate a lot of stuff about it. I just wish, wish, wish it didn't have that cold, hard, backstabby heart at its center. Yeah, and I think that's I think that's part of the reason why it appeals to me because so many of the Roland Wrights <laughs> are very like solo, very right. You're just doing your thing. Very. This actually introduces player interaction, which is truly player interaction. You're yes. literally writing on someone else's sheet. So I do like that, and I love the fact, folks, you can check it on BGG or whatever. People like color their maps like oh they'll use gosh. different colored pencils. Michelle always uses uh, uses different colored pencils, and her map looks like a Tetris board. It looks beautiful. Me, I'm like writing. I always call my like my terrain like little mushrooms and stuff like that. They don't look like <laughs> anything like houses. Right? It's a smart village. Anyways, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But yeah, it's a fun game. Uh, definitely check it yeah. out, Cartographer. I agree. It's a, it's a good call. It's a good call. But Thank you. not the best. The We saved the best for last, folks. Number yes. one, and I'll be interested to know if Ruel agrees. As far as I'm concerned, the number one best roll and ride of all time to date is the Isle of Cats Explore and Draw. Oh, man, so good. I it cannot is so fault good. you. Yeah, it this is, is so, so good. good. Uh, now, this is, we talked about this earlier about how um, Dinosaur Island, Rar and Fright, did not cut corners, said, hey, let's take everything that was in our big cousin bard game and, and just put it in without compromising anywhere. This game, that's not the case. A lot of the stuff from one of the heavier card drafting games out there, the Isle of Cats, has been stripped away and streamlined. And honestly, I think. That was a good choice because uh, this game, what we're trying to do is rescue as many cats as we can from the Isle of Cats as fast as we can. And those cats come in the form of really intricate, crazily shaped polyomino Tetris pieces. This is not a game where you're just putting down the square and the L and the S and the L, you know, those same ones over and over again. No, you get all kinds of crazy... I don't know how these cats contort into the shapes they get into, but it's a blast. And what you're trying to do is pick the right ones and squeeze them onto the deck of your ship as best you can while trying to hit certain goals like make sure the cats eat all the rats on your boat uh, um, you know make sure they get into certain rooms because as you're going along not only are you drafting to get these cards that have more cats that you get to add and try to fill all the holes and all that but you're also drafting for objective cards that come up too and all of a sudden once you grab one of those oh I need to have two lonely cats on my boat two cats that are not next to any of their fellow cats of the same color and suddenly oh if I see that can I do that do I take that because here's the thing that's so brilliant about this game it is an entwined drafting game like uh, what was it the welcome to series you don't just on your turn grab one card you have to grab three cards from a row that every time you play these cards are going to come out randomly and sometimes like oh my gosh I so desperately want that uh, objective but I don't want either of those cats I can't fit those cats in they're not going to work um, Those other, I want those other cats over there but there's no good objective or I still get stuck with a cat that's the wrong color and so you're constantly throughout this game having to make very very tough choices very tough compromises and every time a new set of cards comes out and everybody's like oh okay oh but I'm second player am I going to get a chance to grab that or is something else going to go instead I'm not quite sure it's brilliant the tile laying or in this case tile drawing is so far above and beyond other ones because of these incredibly complex geometric shapes uh, that feels closer to a jigsaw puzzle than any other polyomino tile layer there is so that elevates it but even more the incredibly tension-filled draft and the huge amount of variety with all the different objectives that you may or may not grab every time you play makes Isle of Cats explore and draw one of the best of all time. And if I think it's in my top 50 games of all time, it's great. 
a wonderful choice, and I cannot fault you for <laughs> putting it at number one. I, it's just everything about it is fantastic. You know, the fun story, uh, Frank, who designed the game, actually started this during the pandemic as well. He took oh, really? Isle of Cats. Yeah, he took Isle of Cats and made a, you know, a print-and-play version of it so we could play it um, online together. And then eventually that evolved into Explore and Draw, which I'm so happy about because you're right. This takes... Isle of Cats streamlines it down into a, a, its own wonderful game. And yeah, highly, highly recommend. Okay. Well, that's it, folks. That's a top 10, and I'm pretty happy with it. I, uh, you I picked several it. of the ones that were my near runners-up. I probably picked a few for you as well. Yep. But yep. we're not done yet, folks, because we're about to go to the extended edition, where we will continue, because I own 25, you own 35. <laughs> 30, we have a yeah. lot more rolling rights to talk about, which we're going to continue in the extended, which you can check out by hitting that I in the top right corner screen or go following the show notes. Also, remember those technical difficulties we had earlier? You can actually see the whole uncut thing where I was so shocked I actually cursed live on camera. Yeah. Probably the first time I've ever cursed on my show. So if, if, if you, if you want to hear it, you want to check out the extended. Or if you just want to hear some more of our favorite rolling rights and flipping fills and all the rest of it. But before we get to that, Ruel, um, did you hear it, audience? Did you hear either Ruel or myself say the secret word crutches? Right? That's right. Uh, so, my folks, foot's you uh, bummed. Your foot is bum. We both need yep. crutches. But the important thing is, did you hear one of us say crutches? Because if so, the game we were talking about, send that in an email as the subject of the email to contest at rio.com, and you will be entered to win a definite candidate for top 10 roll and ride of all time, as far as I'm concerned. Sponsor nice. of the show, Sagrada Artisans. Phew. Okay, Roll. Can I, I miss anything? Is there anything else to do? No, I, I just I, I know that going into the extended show, we got a ton more games to talk about. So, folks, be sure you know you're watching this on YouTube. Be sure to click on the link below for the show notes and get that extended edition to oh, hear yeah. about more Rolling Right yes. games. Uh, this was a fantastic list. I know we're both fans of the genre. We so love them. Really- yeah, it was really neat to see you know us try to dial it down to ten. Oh my gosh, it was so hard. Ones. It was hard. I could yeah, have easily was, talked about twenty five games today. Easily. Same. <laughs> okay, cool. All right. Well then, folks. Thank you, as always, for watching. Thank you, Ruel, for uh, helping me keep this show on the rails. Uh, the Railroad Inc., as it were. And uh, nice. finally, thank you to sponsor of the show, Sagrada Artisans. Have a very, very nice day, everybody. Talk to you later. So long. Uh, bye bye